So the um, puto, the knowing, conscious, consciousness with awareness, with uh, informing consciousness with wisdom, rather than just conditioning, uh, making more conditions out of ignorance. So that's generally what happens, why the problems of the world and the wars and conflicts and that go on and on, because even <coughs> with all best intentions and, and uh, clever thoughts and righteous positions and whatever, the, the problem has not been really acknowledged. So we have to quote, you know, if, if we're just coming out of conditioning, then we quote scripture to justify our own sense of righteousness. And God said this, and the Bible says this, and so forth. And so we take, you know, we we take things out of from others, from books, from philosophers, <coughs> and these a lot of things are very good. Not to, not saying that making a value judgment that it's all bad, but it's still coming out of ignorance. And even the way we attra uh, attach to wise sayings can still be, still be, based on a self uh, self view. Sakya ditti sila baramasa. So in uh, you know when we talk about samaditi or right understanding, fourth noble truth, the eightfold path, or you can. Uh, Call it the way of non-suffering. So samaditi, of course, in, when you go through the, you had insights into the first three noble truths, and there's the fourth noble truth. When you realize cessation, how conditions cease, letting go, realization, and then cultivation or right understanding. So that means this uh, this this right understanding doesn't mean right in the as as uh, as uh, there's wrong understanding. It's not dualistic in this sense. It's a profound understanding. It's a it's a knowing. It's insight knowledge. It's a wisdom understanding. So it's not. It's not just uh, right in the in the as opposed to wrong. So this right understanding samaditi then is uh, we we cultivate or this is bhavana and this is where you know uh, this is where meditation really begins is in cultivation or bhavana. Bhavana is uh, is the Pali word for cultivating, developing, right understanding. So what does that mean practically here and now? You know, when you think about, when you start thinking, do I have right understanding? 
you know, I could be wrong. I might, I might get have it all wrong. What is the uh, Pali dictionary? How do they define samaditi? And how does uh, you know Tanjau Kun Bayut or or Putatat or Visudimag or like this? So we get caught into you know not not really uh, you know thinking about myself as a person. Do do I personally? Ajahn Sumato have right understanding. Now this is this is the thinking process again. This is Sakya Ditti, isn't it? I am Ajahn Sumato. Conventionally this is true. But in terms of <coughs> cultivating wisdom, pavana, this is a sense this thinking uh, what is right understanding. What does this teacher say about it? What does the scripture say about it? This is papancha. This is uh, thinking, which leads to wichikecha or doubt. How do I know if I have right understanding? Maybe I'm just another one of those deluded gurus. You know, thinks he understands. And these kind of thoughts, certainly, you know, I've been through those those kind of doubts. Now, the third fetter, wichikita, doubt. And the reason we doubt is because we think. You know, thinking is 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 limited function of the mind. It's uh, it's conditioned. So it's, uh, you know, not to disparage it, but it is limited. That's why you can't think yourself into enlightenment. We create ourselves with thought. Don't we? Ajahn Sumedho is a thought. I am a Buddhist monk, and so forth. These are uh, concepts that, that I personally identify with, that create the sense of my unique self. Ajahn Sumedho... Tanjau Kun John. This is separate self. This is this defines me in the conventional world. I'm the head monk. I'm the abbot. I'm the most senior monk here, and on and on like this. Then this is these are conventions. Then in terms of evaluating myself personally, you know. What kind of personality do I have? And so the personality, you know, I can listen to it. You know, it's not. My personality isn't one. It tends to be critical. Uh, I tend towards impulsivity. I'm quite impulsive. And um, I like to think. I enjoy thinking I like intellectual things. I, you know, I like um, to read books, and uh, but I certainly have, uh, you know, I have fears and desires. I feel inadequate in this, and uh, I don't tend towards megalomania. In other words, I not I've not seen that in myself. I've never wanted to be a messiah or or, uh, you know, create myself as uh, 
or think of myself as in in superlatives. It's the opposite, always to disparage. So, that, and you're just noticing how my personality works is more towards the uh, disparaging, the critical. You know, seeing the weaknesses, the faults. Well, this is observing. You know, it's not criticism. It's just noticing uh, my suffering as a as a as a personality was all around never feeling adequate, doubting myself, not thinking I'm God's gift to the world and and I'm, you know, Superman. I mean, these are p- personalities vary. So, you know, I can only talk about my own, but, uh, you know, in terms of experience. So this is why it's so important to recognize, to 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 acknowledge and know this fetter, these first three fetters. These these as long as you attach and believe and and limit yourself with those fetters, you'll n- you'll never develop power. Now you'll never be able to cultivate the path. You can spend the whole your whole life, get you know concentrating your mind, getting tranquil and through. Uh, particularly uh, auspicious situations. And this is a way of wisdom. Now, a way of devotion is, works differently, and I can't speak from that experience, like bhakti-style um, meditations. So I'm not, you know, I'm not putting it down or dismissing it. It's just, I, that's, not, that's, that's not my uh, forte. I don't incline towards that. <laughs> I incline towards cynicism more than than blind belief. But it is this this kind, this critical mind, uh, discriminative mind can also be, you know, is a developing of wisdom. Now I find in the Pali teachings, these, this this is definitely a wisdom path. It gives you vocabulary, gives you. Uh, teachings in which you know, like these, the the ten fetters. Now this, uh, the four stages, and the ten fetters. Now the the four stages are the sotapanna, sakada, kamiana, kamiyaraha. Now these four stages are, you know, not about personal attainment. They're more like a, a helpful guide. Uh, giving you vocabulary and a way of of uh, reflecting, observing what is it? What are the obstructions? What like fetters or kind of obstructions or things that hold you back, bind you? They're manacles. If you're fettered, you know you're just kind of stuck in, uh, in, in and you you're kind of chained to something. Can't get away. So, and then I found in the first three fetters, now this is a, in, in Pali teaching, is are the uh, fetters that, that uh, obstruct the path, or samaditi, or bhavana. So then when, you know, when I think about myself, how, how do I know I, I have samaditi? 
right understanding. Now this is thinking, and this is where it's so important to really listen to yourself thinking, to get that confidence of being the listener, not the thinker, and separate the two. Because at this moment you can think, but you're also aware of your thinking. At least I can do this, so I assume everyone else can. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> Maybe I am unique. <laughs> Somebody called me a virtuoso the other day. <laughs> now this is, uh, in, in all his things, in Vinaya and in uh, Dhamma, Dhamma Vinaya, in uh, society and convention is, is always, you know, as long as you're caught in that conventional world of intellect, of con- rules and conventions, and then there's always, there's always going to be doubt as a kind of, uh, you know, wichikicha as a kind of, like flies that buzzing around you all the time, the furies. The superego, the righteous sense of you know the the nemesis, the thing that says you should, you shouldn't. That knows all the right answers and and knows how you should think, how, what you should say, how you should act, and then uh, always from the the high seat, ex cathedra, you know. Giving you categorical imperatives. Now this is uh, this is intellectual. So being right is you know we can know what's right and what's the best and all that. But but that's still not it. The best is not nibbana. The best if you have the best then you you have the worst because this whole this whole this realm is dualistic. If you have right, you have wrong. And this is thinking, this is how thinking works. When you observe it, and listen to it. So how do I know I have right understanding? And now when I start trying to figure out, reading scriptures, trying to get verification, going to teachers, getting caught up in the thinking process again. Then I, and then I, get, I start doubting. So that doubting tends to, to make me want to, all right, well, I better not teach or I better, you know, I've got a lot more work to do on myself before I start <coughs> teaching or I've got to, uh, you know, the thing that the, the thing that baffled me was was why Lung Po Cha asked me to take on teaching roles. I started. I was the head monk of Nana Chat of eight watas. That's unthinkable these days. Unthinkable, you know, for a monk 
to be, you can't get any, hardly any monk to be abbot of Wat Nanat Chat these days. And then I, then I started doubting Ajahn Chah, he's just using me. So I started, you know, thinking about myself and, and um, being used. But then, even at eight watches, I had, had listened to myself thinking. I was aware of which Kicha. And so this, uh, you know, I've, I explored doubt. I really understand how doubt arises in my mind. So, so then, you know, I felt, you know, wanted, to, because I didn't want to, you know, I'm afraid of making a mistake also, of misleading people, of misdirecting them. So the kind of cowardly Sumato wants to go off and not take any responsibility because I might screw up. I might give you all the wrong information. I might ruin your lives. I might, you know, be a, you know, commit uh, unskillful, say unskillful things, wrong directions. Now this is how the thinking again. So there, there is a kind of tendency to to want to not take on any responsibility and not you know just because to be on the safe side you know to make it play it safe rather than sticking your neck out but anyway um my trust and respect for Ajahn Chah was was such that you know I just decided so uh, I'd made this vow that I would try to help him or be serve him in any way that he asked me to do so. So this was a kind of like a aditana determination, which gave me, you know, which also helped me not to to, to be more aware of my fear and uh, not wanting to to stick my neck out, take a risk, um, put myself in a in a dangerous position because when you take on that you know being head monk of monastery you're in a dangerous position you know you're the you're the focus of all these critical people and foreigners foreign westerners are incredibly critical so uh, this is our conditioning we're, we're educated to be critical so there I found myself at Wat Chat, eight Vasas, with monks like Babakaro, <coughs> Kemadamo, <laughs> uh, Santajito, Anando, Warapanyo. And Kowesako. Uh, <laughs> Now in this uh, Wichikicha, listening, listening to, I really listened to my fears. But with this attitude of <coughs> what I call listening to the neighbor's 
talking in their garden on the other side of the fence. This was my image, like you're in, in your back garden and you're, you're just standing there listening. You hear the, the neighbors gossiping, chatting away about things. And so this was, this was my, what I call my image. I'd listen to, like I was, I was the, the puto is the listener. And the, the Sakyaditi is the, the neighbors gossiping. So listening to the gossip was like listening, uh, you know, my fears. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't like these monks very much. And I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm not ready for this. Uh, I'd keep, you know, and this would oftentimes be re repetitious because when you're stuck in your thinking process, the mind repeats the same old crap over and over again. I can't do this. I'm not ready. I'm not. Uh, I didn't ordain to do this. I want peace. Ajahn Chah had 20 years before he went and started Wat Bapong. And now he sends me here eight vasas. And then the pansa, the, the, the vasa period began. You know, according to Vinaya, you're not supposed to give dependence till you have ten vasas. So I thought, oh, I'm not going to give dependence. Because in the Vinaya, I have to obey the Vinaya. So, so then this question of dependence came up. So we asked Ajahn Chah, I'm going to, you know, I, you know, dependence for the Vasa. Uh, I've only got eight Vasas. I can't do it. And he said, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get out of that one. So I started giving dependence at eight Vasas. <coughs> yeah, so, so, I mean, now you could see, like, Lung Pacha, you know, had a, you know, I tend to take rules very, you know, strictly, like absolute commandments from from uh, the God, you know. If it says ten vasas, it's ten vasas, and that's it. There's no negotiation, no possible uh, adaptation to anything. That's how my personality would attach to conventional rules, to laws rules. <coughs> so listening, you know, listening to him, learning to listen to my this person, these these neighbors gossiping, and and then with this attitude of that which is aware of these voices, these gossiping neighbors, is not it's not the neighbors, is it? It's the it's the listener, the knower. And the neighbors can say anything, you know, they're talking about whatever, you know, whatever, and gossiping and loving, hating, liking, disliking, and so forth. And so then they, then more and more, as I kept investigating, that which is aware of this thinking is not, is not a thought. So that which is aware of emotion is not it's not anger it's not lust it's not <coughs> jealousy or fear it's aware of it so 
So you, you know, you just by investigating, uh, so that you begin to notice. It's an awakened noticing the difference between awareness and becoming <coughs> your thinking process. Now this takes, you know, it's, this it's, it's, we're not, you know, culturally conditioned not to notice this, this difference. You know, we're fully committed, our culture, Western civilization is fully committed to the ego. So that's our reality and, and reason and logic, and ideals. These all come out of thinking. Reason is a function of the thought process. Logic and idealism. You know, so you, you just by noticing the way it is, that even at its very best, being incredibly reasonable, intelligent, and idealistic, What does that do? What is the when when one is is being very intelligent and reasonable and idealistic? One becomes very critical because even idealistic, you know, we must love everybody. We must feel compassion and have metta. And karuna for all creatures is an ideal. But I, you know, emotionally I may not, I might hate all creatures at this moment. So in uh, Sangha life, you know, one on a chart living there, and, uh, I should have metta and compassion for these monks when I really was angry, frustrated with them. And when you're angry and frustrated, you, you, you don't feel one ounce of any kind of thing that you think could possibly be metta or karuna. But then the Adhantar's the way of teaching was always using this, this mantra, puto. Puto, puto. And he used to, you know, that then it's, it's translated as the knowing. In Thai Puru, they say. And that, you know, translated into English comes out something like the one that knows. So it's about knowing. Now, contemplate the existential reality of this moment for yourself. Right. Here you are sitting in a human body, sitting, conscious. What is consciousness? It's, a, it's knowing, isn't it? It's knowing. It's like this. This separate form, a seemingly separate form, a human body, one's own body, and conscious from this point, from this, this form, there's knowing operating. You know, this is awareness. You say, you know, I'm here, you're there. No, you know, what, you're aware of what you're feeling, maybe, what your, your state of mind is, your mood, your any pain, discomfort in your body, any pleasant, and whether it's, well, whether you, you know that you're feeling too hot or too cold, <coughs> you know whether you're sitting, you know, in a way that is, you're too stiff or too tense or too lax, or you feel 
too uncomfortable. And then, uh, then the then the conditioning process that we operate from this. I am Ajahn Sumato, and I am sitting here. This is my seat here. No, we 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 uh, we are conditioned to to uh, grasp these concepts of self. The body is me, and um, and 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 then the the logic that comes from that. I'm separate from you, and and all the differences. I start identifying with the gender of the body, with the age of the body, with the color of the skin, with the height, with the size. And then I have views about it, preferences, cultural or racial preferences. You know, is white skin more beautiful than dark skin? And these are all, these aren't absolutes. These are cultural conditions. And on and on like this, and you know, you get built into into all the sakya ditti sila bhattabaramasa conditioning and vichikita. So now, in this position of knowing, pure knowing is consciousness. Before you know, the thinking, thinking, consciousness does isn't dependent on thought. You're, there's awareness and consciousness operating before you're thinking. It's going on all the time. It's the background. And then the thoughts arise and change according to, oh, it's too hot or it's too cold or I don't feel very good or on and on like that. We Then then these, these thoughts, the sense of oneself, one's uh, goodness or badness or whatever arise into consciousness. So that's why with samaditi, it's uh, the you know the encouragement is to recognize, awaken and recognize consciousness now. It's a kind of like being poised and attentive without an agenda without an axe to grind, without anything to do. You know, thinking I've got to do this and cultivate and develop and and get this and get rid of that. That's thinking again. That's, that'll always lead to wichikicha. But this is just pure, natural consciousness. Without anybody having to do anything. It's Completely normal, natural state of being. It's pure being before you separate yourself with your conventional identities. So, in this, this is uh, like the Bhutto. That's why I, I like to use these words, this, these Pali uh, words, because it helps to, you know, being Bhutto. Is I find more useful way of thinking, more skillful use of thought than I've got to be aware. Because when I start thinking, I must be aware, I must cultivate awareness, or am I aware enough, or not aware, or am I, am I, do I have some aditi or not? Then it, it gets you know this that that way of thinking. The I am, I should, I must, 
you know, I'm, I, I, the, the whole kind of conditioning process that is triggered off with, with my own language, the sense of myself, I am somebody who's got to get something or do something. But when, now, skillful use of these poly terms is because they're not, they're kind of, you know, poly is not even a living language, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of frozen in time, and that's a good thing because it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not meant to be, uh, you know, it, if it wouldn't, if it were living, then it would, wouldn't be so, it'd be more difficult to use because it would be full of personal um, qualities or attitudes. But because it is, is a, it's a, a kind of tool to use, an intellectual tool. But this Puto, this Buddha, then, is this mantra that, that they use in the Abhijan Man tradition a lot. You know, this is generally the kind of the word that, that they use, and then they use it for, you, you know, you can just use it as a mantra, but also it can be used for investigation, the knowing. Now, I like the knowing because it's, if I think the one who knows, it does, this, this, uh, just using the English translation, the one, it uh, sounds, sounds it, it, it seems irrelevant, you know, I mean, it's just pure knowing. And it's, it, and it's natural, it's dhamma, it's not created knowing, it's not me, because I've been a monk for so long and I know a lot, that me knowing. It's just pure, impersonal knowing, existent, existential reality of this moment is knowing like this. It's, it's not, not dependent on how many years you've been meditating or been a Buddhist or anything else. So this knowing, this is, this is a, you know, observe, this is what knowing is all about, consciousness. Now, knowing from this point that the body, <coughs> like forms, you know, consciousness, let's say consciousness isn't in the form. It's not like contained within this, my body. So it's more like, uh, it's, I feel more like the body's like a radio. It, it's a mechanism that picks up sound waves. The sound waves aren't in the radio, is it? You know, they don't. You you switch off the radio or switch it on, but you can't say all the sound waves of the universe are contained in this little box. Nobody is that stupid. <laughs> so I mean, when you look inside the radio, it's just some kind of parts and pieces and things like that. The same with the human body. When you look at your body, it's just you know, it's a you know, there's kind of mucus and blood and pus and bones and marrow and synovial fluid. <laughs> brain, you know, they've got this brain up here. What is that about? Heart. But it's like, you know, when being born in, in, you know, birth, 
you know, physical birth is 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 the is the reality of being a, a separate form that's conscious. So consciousness in a separate form is like this. You know, so this is this is informing myself with wisdom, this informing this consciousness with wisdom, using consciousness, and and using wisdom with consciousness, rather than than of each our ignorance with consciousness. So, so and so this wisdom with consciousness is not, you know, memorizing poly words, and and you know, being able to recite the Abhidhamma. It's, it's actually, you know, the whole point of the Pali words is pointing to this awakened being present ability that these individuals form have to reflect and observe. Now the Pali teachings are very skillful means towards investigating experience and recognizing reality. So that's why, you know, in, in the Theravada Buddhist tradition, it is, it is a very skillful means, but that's all it is. It's not an end in it. So I just become Theravada and Buddhist, and, and I, I've not used the other, so I can't speak from, from, you know, meditating or using, say, Mahayana conventions and that. So, I mean, I, I'm not... I cannot form any opinion, and I don't even want to. But I, you know, I know how to use this this particular convention. This is what I've used. So that's where there's the encouraging you to to really contemplate, you know, thinking as objective, as aramana, the Pali word aramana an object in consciousness because you can witness it. You can listen to yourself thinking. Now if you're attached to thinking you, you don't, you can't listen. You just, you just are, wind yourself up with your own thoughts. So, you know, conceptual proliferation or the Pali word papancha is just, we just get wound up with our own thoughts. You know, so if you know what papancha is, it it's just you you know you start thinking i don't i I don't feel very good, and I'm not sure that that uh I have some aditi uh i think i i you know i might but i I'm not really sure and I don't want to make a mistake and and also it's a barachic event so I go around saying I have some aditi and I don't and uh then uh, what'll happen if uh I don't want to be brachika, and I don't want to even have the doubt that I could be brachika. So I'll just go around saying, "No, no, I don't have samaditi." And I've heard monks say that. You know, they they won't admit they had any kind. They'll give they'll give profound talks and then say, "Well, you know, I'm anywhere yet," because that's the safe option, isn't it? Take the safe, the pusillanimous way out. You know, better to. To say, oh, I'm nobody, and I didn't haven't learned anything after forty years. Just because if I if I say, well, I've really, you know, penetrated the Dhamma, that's how I could be Bharatika. 
I could be, you know, hauled before the Sangharaj of Thailand. And so then my views, my Western views about, you know, better, better not, you know, better keep low profile, you know, hide in the shadows and stick your head above the whatever it is. But then listening to this cowardliness in myself, you know, I just keep listening and, 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 and asking the question, this which is aware is not a person. Awareness is not personal. The personal is, the, you know, the sense of being a person is, it, it takes this thinking process, attachment to these thoughts, these doubts, endless doubts about purity. How many of you endlessly doubt your purity in the Vinaya? Are you, all of you really totally and utterly pure with every rule in the Vinaya? Can you really feel on a personal level that you are absolutely, totally pure? And then we have these confessions every fortnight where we kind of clean it up with general possibilities of wrong speech. (laughs) Just uh, because of this doubting process, isn't it? I mean, some people are such doubters, they spend their life in a a hell realm of of never being quite sure whether they're Varachika or Sangari Sesa or this or that. And they go on, you know, you can make monastic life utter hell by doubting. And what do you mean by purity? You know, so the, this, is, this is where, where the, uh, you know, you, you, you can, you know, you become aware by listening to yourself, your own fears and doubts. You get to know it and you, you don't believe it anymore. In, in, you know, you you recognize this is this is due to thought. This is wichikicha. This is sakyaditi. And that which is aware is not sakyaditi sila bhattabharamasa wichikicha. This is purity. This awareness puts you in into that. You know, once you trust it, then you don't want to be anywhere else. Because purity is this. It's not thinking about how, you know, about every possible way you might have made a mistake with a rule or, or uh, you know, not been totally kind of pure in everything on the conventional level. So then, this purity, this could only, you know, this is, this is informing this consciousness, recognizing purity is now. It's not about personal purity. You say, I'm a pure person. Or I, uh, Ajahn Tomato is a very pure monk. These are conventional ways of, you know, praising or thinking or, or saying, well, I, you know, 
still have some negative thoughts now and then, you know. <laughs> no, this is like awakening to the way it is. And, and ter- they're using words like purity. Uh, then it's, it's, you know, what do we, you know, this is, a, this is an English word. And, wh- you know, how do you, how do you relate to that concept? You know, and, and it's uh, so that you're not just operating from from assumptions and habits around your your own cultural conditioning around purity. You're beginning to awaken and recognize purity is is this awareness because it's aware of impurities. Which is Sila Bhattabaramasa, Vichikicha, and so forth. Now, n- n- the, the conditioned phenomena is not pure. Its nature is not pure. It can be beautiful and ugly, and good and bad, and all that. But it's still, you know, it's limited and it's changing. So, Conditioned phenomena, sankharas, they're not, you know, there's no, their their nature is, if you're putting them in terms of purity, impurity, their nature is impure. And that's the way they are. That's why the dukkha or the suffering or the, is why we, we experience this suffering or this sense of dissatisfaction or discontentment. Because we're attached to thing to conditions that are unsatisfying. Their nature, they're supposed to be this way. They're not. T- you never find purity and liberation and the deathless and nibbana in conditioned phenomena because it's it's uh, you know in itself it's it's changing. It can't sustain itself at its peak at its best. Conditions reach peak moments where they're at their best, but you can't keep it there. And that's why we're always disappointed with life, with relationships, with conventions, because they do reach peak moments, and then but you can't you can't hold it to that peak moment. So the awareness of a peak moment is not a peak moment. Awareness includes both the arising to the peak and the degeneration, the disintegration after the peak moment. Awareness, you know, it, it allows things to change. It's not, it's not idealism. It's not about, I would like this peak moment to last forever. So then you you know when you explore investigate in this way you begin to uh, recognize that this this awareness this is purity this is nibbana this is anatta the deathless amatadhamma amaravati you think amaravati is this this piece of land here in Hertfordshire don't you uh, Amravati is this awareness, deathless realm. Now, don't believe me, but these are—I'm using these words to inform. You know how to use these words. These, these words, 
like the unconditioned, unformed, unoriginated. Not as just intellectual concepts as opposites of the formed uh, and the originated. If it gets intellectual, then it's still dualistic, isn't it? There's the created and the uncreated, there's the conditioned and the unconditioned. That's, there's two, isn't it? You have right, you have wrong, you have good, you have bad, you have male, you have female. So what is the difference? Condition, unconditioned, same thing. But when you're, now when you're, you know, when you're using wisdom, panya, then you're noticing, you're not, you're not just trying to break everything up into intellectual terminologies and projecting them out onto the world. You're noticing, uh, this is intuitive awareness, the way it is, that this awareness You know, it's it's a capable of you know it's it's self-sustaining. It's not me making myself aware and trying to you know hold make this create awareness as some kind of personal achievement or duty. That's why in the third noble truth, it's called realization, recognizing. It's reality. This is real. Awareness is reality. The rest is illusion or delusion or fantasy or ignorance. The personality is fantasy life. So then in training, in cultivating, you know, my, no, I, I notice this uh, sound of silence. When there's this pure awareness, then I'm this kind of resonating, vibratory, continuous, flowing sound. Or is it a sound? It's a vibration. I don't know what it is, but it's this. Then cultivating, and this is how you know, this is how I practice cultivating this. First, you have to recognize it, notice it, and then the mind. <coughs> you know, at first the wandering mind easily gets distracted. You know, mm. what's this? Is it this? Or you know, you can't start. The mind will. You know, it's not used to to being with the with this. Uh, Sound of silence. It's used to wandering, thinking. So it wanders away. Wanders off here and there. But then as you begin to cultivate this, you know, like I I used to use all kinds, I'd use five counts of, of sound of silence. to sustain my attention on on just this for five counts. Just a way of, of, you know, cultivating it in, you know, in, because I couldn't just, you know, hold it, you know, or be with it for very long because of the 
habit tendencies to wander away. So I started, you know, just using simple means. He had this uh, mala, and he'd, I'd take the bead, and I, and it had a quite a large gap, you know, between the beads. I'd take one bead and and I'd concentrate, I'd listen to the sound of silence, and move this bead across this gap. Then the next bead. So I was kind of bringing. You know, so I developed this sense of sustaining this awareness on this sound of silence, just by even just using the mala beads in this way. You know, because the tendency is to to immediately wander off into wichikichao thinking. I have little notebooks filled with. With pages filled with silence, silence, silence. I wrote silence. When I used to, uh, at Christmas time, I used to, you know, personally sign hundreds of Christmas cards I'd send out using sound of silence. I have to sign my name. And it was like an exercise, and just uh, when I'd sign my name, I'd really, you know, open to the sound of silence and sign a name. The hundreds, you know, the, as the mailing list got longer over the years. <laughs> so big now, I don't do that. <laughs> but these are, you know, then, then developing skillful means like Walking from my kuti to the sala in sound of silence, training myself just using the this place, you know, the geographical situation here. So you know, you know, this where my kuti is, and walking from the door of my kuti to the sala. That was before the temple was built. So I lived where the temple is actually shabby little room and just uh, you know open the door walk down the steps with this you know being with this sound of silence till I got to the uh, sala this you know period you know where you have just so that the life itself monastic life here at Amravati you kind of developed awareness around it in its most banal and ordinary uh, movements, you know, just walk in, in like in the, we had one time, you know, there's so many doors in this place. When we first moved here to Amravati, all these buildings and doors and, and, and people slammed doors and, and then in the, where the monks lived, they used to, you know, it sounded like, like buffaloes charging down the hall. And I used to live in there because some of the monks, you know, they, had absolutely no f- finesse in walking. They dig their heels in like they were Nazis marching in steps. <laughs> and then my my room was, you know, it start rattling the door. Some with some of them. <laughs> so then you're trying to bring people's attention to walk down this hall mindfully, you know, so you. It gives you having warnings, like so, opening doors and closing doors. 
use it as a practice so that you know every door that you oh you know you kind of stop because you you get caught up in 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 the kind of things you've got to do or going someplace and 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 you, and you just open the door and don't it some people just leave doors wide open when in the when it was cold so all the heat would leave the sala used to feel such rage sometimes i think these people i think were raised in barns <laughs> <laughs> So then, bringing attention to you know opening a door, and and going in and then closing the door. This is ways of using the the situation you're in for awareness, cultivating pavana, just in very ordinary, unimpressive ways. You know, it's not like walking very slowly and and uh, you know highly <coughs> exaggerated meditation practice this is just like walking ordinarily opening the door ordinarily so it wasn't like you know especially slow motion of opening the door while everybody's waiting behind you <laughs> <laughs> so just you know this is cultivating this is what what you know how, how i developed this Now, noticing sound of silence, then is the thing that struck <coughs> me about it, which intrigued me when I first began to notice it, was that it has uh, that I don't create it, and it has this continuity. In in terms of experience here, now it doesn't seem to have any beginning or ending. Now, ultimately, it might have. I don't know, but in terms of experience at this present moment, which is all I can, you know, really know directly at this moment. I don't know about the macrocosmic universal system and where a sound of silence ends at the end of our universe, maybe. And then what's beyond there, you know, I can't imagine. But just taking, you know, being realistic about the situation, the human situation, if it's here and now, apparent here and now, timeless, then this is, you know, this is... Uh, Good enough. Use this because the the it you know it stops the thinking process. It gives you perspective. It doesn't. It's not a absorption. You don't absorb into it. It's a reference where you kind of rest in it, and then you're you're looking at the conditioned realm from this puto position, rather than being caught in the vortex of thinking and personality and Silapata Paramatha and Vichikesha. <laughs>